and welcome to Mixed Bag, where we review the mixed, muddled, meh, and mediocre movies of film history. I'm Cassandra. I'm James. And I'm Peggy. We and had to re-record that. Uh, we started, <laughs> we did a bit of a false start, and uh, Matt was just really, uh, you know, dreading the fact that he'd have to do the joke again. Yeah. Uh, and so you can tell from that little, little lack of energy that the sort I of second it. time around, the no. rehash. It's not fresh. It's not new. <laughs> I kind of wanted to do my new jokes, which was well, adding Manchurian to yeah. your list of M-words. Well, yeah, um, the intonation is all fucked up now. Yeah. Because, you know... It's, the it's, vibe is wrong. The vibe's wrong. We've ruined everything. It's just the remake, guys, of yeah. the original, so... Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's some bits that are significantly stronger and some bits that don't quite hold up. So, uh, how's everybody been? Um, I'm good. I'm in a new house. <laughs> yeah. It's been a minute since we've recorded and yeah. the world has, uh, you know, so many things have happened in the past I don't know. Weeks. I don't even remember when we last recorded a podcast. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so, been quite a while. A, a house ago. Ricky, yeah. Ricky and the Flash, we said that um, it was going to be the penultimate time we were recording in our old flat. That turned out not to be true yeah. because we got flooded with another podcast called Apocalypse Songs, which you would have heard some last week. Like a different, in. different vibe. Yeah. And very different vibe. Very different. Yeah. And now we are in a new environment. This is a new house. Got a dining table. We're all sitting on chairs instead yeah. of two of us on the couch and one of us on a chair yeah. trying to sound like we're at equal level. So, as always with a new place, it's going to sound a little different. Mm. Um, we have a larger table, so... So, um, yeah, this is the first episode in the new flat. Um, <laughs> the last episode turned out to be the ultimate episode. Fuck yeah, the rather than the penultimate yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other than that, how are people doing? Good. It's been good. good yeah. I was like sick for like a, a week in the interim, but you know, I'm mm. on the mend now. Yeah, Matt still has like pretty nasty coughs, so James and I have just been nasty. just uh, right. shying away. So he's just going to um, <laughs> he's going to turn away from the mic when he needs to cough. Okay. That's a chocolate rain reference. It doesn't quite work. Mm, no. Do you remember chocolate rain? Yes. Yes. Do you remember he did cherry chocolate rain and he sold yeah. out like hell? Now he's I mean, cool. He's apparently like a very nice man, and he's like got great politics. Oh, okay. It was just cherry chocolate rain. <laughs> I never looked into him past chocolate rain yeah. because Shout how out can to you? Taze on day. Yeah. How can <laughs> you on day, top yeah. chocolate rain? That'd be amazing. Yeah. Unless you don't like chocolate, but you know that's what's wrong with you. Yeah. Mm. There's a line in the song about that. Yeah. <laughs> so talking about food, why don't we get to pop corner? Pop, 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 pop corner. Oh, no, wait, no, sorry. Before we do, um, we got a review. We got an additional review um, that came oh, out. Oh, did we? Um, yeah, unfortunately, it is not too positive, unfortunately. Um, uh, why are we going to read it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, why are you I, reading a bad well, review? Well, I think it's good that we get... I wasn't even aware we had I know. I know. You're just going to bring the vibe down further. No, 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 I know. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, I do think it is feedback that we should take on board. All right, well, I don't want to take on critical feedback no, okay. on board at this time. Um, I'll read the review first. I'm writing to you as a longtime fan of this podcast. I was deeply disappointed to hear such disrespect of something very close to me on last week's episode. Is it Avatar? Um, I'm very sad to say that you have lost not just one lister, listener, <laughs> but all of my kin to one star. <laughs> and that was from Avatar Roku and then Yoshi, <laughs> Kuruk, and Young Chen. So, Well, you know what? Suck it up. <laughs> We, we've, lost, we've lost the entirety of the Avatar clan. No. Um, yeah, and, oh, uh, yeah, there's one from Aang You know, well. I was going to say, 
that I was too harsh on Avatar last episode, but you know what? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that noise. <laughs> I'm kidding. We did, um, I guess we've transitioned into Pop Corner uh, now because I want to talk about Avatar briefly. Uh, I did. We finished it. Um, Cassandra and I finished. We did. Yeah, um, yeah they, we have some thoughts, but also I feel like they were very, very spoilerific and we try funny. to avoid yeah. spoiling things that aren't the subject of the podcast on yeah. this show. It's very so funny. We'll, I got the text and I was like, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, yeah. So we, we've got feelings, we've got thoughts, but we also about, have... About romantic pairings. That's, yeah. that's just, you know, yeah. the general area. And I agree with, her, with you know, like... Mm. I feel like it's not good storytelling. On yeah. there was some, there was some choices made. Stuff that we never thought would happen. It's like, no, surely that. Surely they'll there. end. They'll, all they need to do is end that like five inevitable. seconds earlier. <laughs> it would have been and all right. If you have no idea what we're talking about, Avatar: The Last Airbender is currently on Netflix. If yeah, you want to binge all three seasons, look who it is advertising it now. I said I liked it. You can you can roll the tapes and quote me. I said I liked Avatar. What else have you guys been watching, listening? Well, reading? there was a huge sensation that came out over the past few weeks that just took the internet by storm. Um, it was a huge kind of event, and everyone tuned in and and watched this new piece of media. Um, and I am, of course, talking about Red Scare Theatre Company's Apocalypse. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Flores Lava, but okay. <laughs> no, we've done enough promo for Apocalypse Songs, but please check it out if you haven't already. But Flores Lava is very good, though. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, It's. It, I was referring referring to uh, Hamilton uh, coming up. But it's, it's the two <laughs> so, things. So, so it's several, like, several life-changing. Yeah, very it's been a huge higher. time for know, pop, pop culture. So much. But let's talk Floor is Lava, cause, and it is Floor is Lava, not Yeah, the not floor. the floor. It is just Floor is Lava. There was too many words Whoever to get rid of Whoever owns the copyright for the Floor is Lava, don't come after us. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the, some of the greatest parts about this show... Uh, the fact that everybody pretends the person has been swallowed by the lava yeah. when they fall in. And they really commit to it. They, you know, scream and go, no! No! I, re- I saw somewhere that there is apparently, that they are never told to act as if their friend has fallen in the lava. Really? That is just like how everybody <laughs> acts. Right. <laughs> and then that's edited in such a way so that it looks like they I have mean, fallen in. I mean, if you're playful <laughs> enough to come on a TV show called Floor is Lava, where yeah. the floor is... A pretend kind of lava. It's optical course. There's a large, yeah. like, it's like a, will be like a weird giant living room and you've got to swing from couch to couch and like sh- uh, sort of um, hold some chandeliers and yeah. do some and bars got, and things. They've got four environments. Um, the kitchen, yeah. the basement. five. Is it five? Yeah, yeah kitchen, the basement, study, study, bedroom and living room. Kitchen? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and they all have these, yeah, little secret compartments that if you pull something, something oh, that, will become a little bit. Planetarium is one of them. Yeah, so yeah, living yeah. room is bedroom. I think I'm con- right. turning them to two different things. And, um, yeah, it's the it's super interactive. It looks genuinely challenging. There's some bits which always trip up no. contestants. Um, yeah, so, like, I was, it t- I was, like, not a believer at first. We were, we spent a long time trying to convince <laughs> Matt to watch yeah. this show. But then I did watch it in, like, one sitting. Because, because it's good. Well, the thing is, yes, it is good in it's a way. It's so stupid. Um, it's very stupid, which it's is why so I kept dumb. watching. But like, I was very sick when I was watching this, and I just saw them doing all these physical tasks, and I'm like, okay, I feel like I want to do that. So <laughs> I was very determined to. So not it to aided get your recovery. It did. You were yeah. Like, I, I feel. Did you sit up in your living room, room at your own kind of floor as no, lava to train no. back up? I mean, look, I'm still in my winter weight mode. Okay, <laughs> like I need to lose all that and. Um, honestly, get back if that was like an exercise option, if it was there was a chance to just climb on a gigantic, oh, yeah. like yeah. soft foam. Uh, 
couch thing that spins around. All right. But which one I looked the hardest? Hmm. To me, either like the planetarium, because that big fuck off like space shuttle in the middle. The planetarium <laughs> also, once they put the like alert button, the button stopped helping them and actually yeah. now a booby trap. <laughs> I was very disappointed <laughs> that, that like, dumb. like once we got to level two of the, of mm. the, um, environments that they were just the same like oh, I think, but yeah. also that sometimes then the editing got way weirder like there was yeah, that yeah, one where there was three. a team where they got like they just didn't show the team <laughs> yeah like halfway through they, were like <laughs> they halfway came in through. halfway through and i'm like did you lose the footage For like me, what happened here i think the hardest course like like right out of the gate in the basement it's very hard because you there's two really oh, challenging right, suppose, pieces yeah. where the pyramid like seems to trip up everybody because there's no like area to sit on and there's an amazing um sequence in the first episode where this like super non-committed um daughter is like oh no i'm slipping oh i guess i'll have to sacrifice myself um and then there's also you have to like jump onto an easter island statue um that looks or jump off one which very poor handles onto another one that looks very tricky so. I think any of the ones with monkey bars on them okay. I would you don't yeah. Yeah. Good I, like, I have strength? no upper body strength and I have gotcha. never successfully done one monkey bar right. You'll at just any point fall. in my life yeah. like I've got to I, I can hang on it but then when I get to the to, no <laughs> I haven't got to the <laughs> next um, point I also like the bed is like that's gonna go oh the spinning bed yeah <laughs> the thing with dizzy. the bed is that it looks I think harder than it is because yeah. I don't, we haven't really had that many people that fail from it the thing that I loved about the floor is lava is that it requires the team like yes they have to be athletic but they really have to be bonded together as yes. a community the um, best part about this are like this. air hostesses that like do oh, an incredible flight attendants fl- sorry um, flight attendants um <laughs> And I was really doubtful at the start because none of them seemed... One of them is called Chicklet, by the way. Yeah, Chicklet. Who is so against doing (laughs) anything. Champion of the episode, Chicklet. But, you know, like, they do really well as a team. There's this thing where, like, yeah, there's a mini game within Flora's Lava, which is that you can tell from their opening interview which of the three is the weak link of of the friendship. Mm, Because there's clearly always one person who's the third wheel. And if there isn't a clear (laughs) person, they might actually get across, or, like, all three of them get across because they're so united in their friendship Mm. there's Um, one where you're like you know and you can get tricked by it because you're like oh surely they seem united or they seem like athletic there's one with like three bros that are like yeah let's just do it but then they keep abandoning each other and not (laughs) bonded together as a group or there's like a way that you can make it so much easier if one just helped the other but then they just try to do it alone and you're like what are you doing but also I get frustrated when like they go one by one I'm just like (laughs) follow each other just get in there there is a time Um, limit I do love, like, this is one of the shows where, like, it really works best in an American context because oh, they yeah. are so peppy. Yeah. And when they get embarrassed and humiliated, it is so funny. Yes, there yeah. are some <laughs> terrible, like, obnoxiously American it's teams. So and it's funny. great to watch them fall on their faces. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're loving the opportunity to be in front of the camera. And, and they're, like, such up. natural yeah. hams in front of the camera. Oh, it's yeah. Like, yeah. It's both pros and cons of the American persona. Talking yeah. of unnatural hams, the only downside of the show is the host, who's named uh, what? What's his what's name? What's his name? Uh, so apparently he's famous from NASCAR. Uh, like, he's a NASCAR cares? guy. Because he keeps saying, like, you get to meet me, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but and they, I'm like, why would we care? Why would they want to That crossover of cars, which is, like, seen as very cool and, like, you know, chic. And then this very... <laughs> cool and chic what? are the first not two a 100% things I think not, about when I think about no, you know, uh, masculine and aggressive. <laughs> Opposite words to cool and <laughs> Like cool, like, you know, cool cars, flash cars. Um, cool to cars, this, flash cars is the 
masculine equivalent <laughs> of gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> and then this one is very goofy. I, James, I think there's actually a, a big similarity between NASCAR and the audience yeah. for people falling off stuff into fake yeah. lava. Did you like, see how many Christian people were in Flora's lava? I guess yes. so. Yeah. This it is just the seems Midwest. Like, this is. <laughs> I just think cars not goofy. This incredibly goofy. Everything is foam. Like Car whenever you're dealing with goofy. foam and like water that is coloured red. And literally when people disappear underneath the water or whatever it is, you can't see them. They're gone. It makes mm. it look like that the lava genuinely swallowed them up. And the great thing is, even if a leg goes in, they treat it with the rules of like, that's yeah, lava. If, you're, oh, if, you know, bottom, if your bottom half goes yeah. in, then yeah. you're in the lava. Which is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, anybody else? What, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, I do want to quickly shout out Hamilton. Um, it is a great opportunity. Um, this is Lin-Manuel Miranda's um, show that was recorded at a very high budget um, uh, quality uh, when it had the original cast back in 2016. 2016. Mm. It's most of the original cast, but not the, all of the original True, ensemble. True, some of the ensemble. Um, mm. And it's just really well filmed. Like It's probably the most impressive like filmed theatre that I've seen. That um, It was filmed over three days, and it's very, very well edited. You, you, it does feel like a single performance, which is great. Yeah, and they have yeah. like genuine like close-ups so they must have at least shot one where they were just doing it just for the camera I think because like no way unless you have I an amazing know. I camera. I think they've got very good cameras because yeah. it's a very high budget production. So um, I would highly recommend that because it gives a chance of seeing the full kind of show and while the soundtrack does a really great job of capturing that one aspect like looking at the choreography looking at the rotating stage and all of the incredible performances that made careers out of all of this incredible cast it's like yeah this is why this was such a hit and i know that there's criticism of it because you know no work of art is perfect but um there is so much of it that i think just is showing like black excellence it's showing just an incredible opportunity for an amazing ensemble and i'd highly recommend you check it out because yeah. it is genuinely right. i'll engaging take you up on that recommendation yeah. <laughs> yeah. because yeah. i have not it seen is also it. uh really if you're interested in theater and you're interested in theater direction which i know you are um, <laughs> it's a really great example of just a, a fantastic use of ensemble and use of like stage direction and um yeah. it's one of those things that you don't obviously get from listening to the soundtrack because yeah. it's so visual oh, nice. but it's very visually spectacular in a um way that's not just budget and pyrotechnics and the sort of big no, budget I, way things. I'm already called. convinced that I enjoy it. Like, yeah. I've, I've listened to I think the soundtrack I think you'd enjoy it. And yeah, it's the type of musical that I would listen to. And you yeah. get to see performances like like the guy that plays uh, Madison and Mulligan. Like, yeah. Who is okay, doing... another one who's, like, incredible. Yeah, um, and is not... doing some, like, more, like, subtle stuff that you don't exactly pick up on Yeah, in the a lot of his, like, comedy is in, is very visual, and so there's a lot of, like, really funny moments that he gets in the recording that you... that in the, the filmed recording that you don't get in uh, audio recording yeah that's that's the interesting part for me is just like how well it would translate on screen you know like those mm. performances mm. that's the interesting part for me and I cannot wait I cannot yeah. wait to be satisfied <laughs> god I hope you're satisfied um, so Matt what have you been up to in the last couple uh, of weeks of media I mean a lot I don't like but we'll see we'll see what, what comes to mind what are the what are the key things all right let's do movies first I watched Eurovision Song Contest uh, the movie <laughs> Saga of wait it's the story of Fire Saga uh, it's a Will Ferrell movie it's fine like I wish it was wackier and funnier in like a Zoolander type of way but it's like fine like the songs are really nice 
Um, actually, like, there's this song called Husavik, which is the big showstopper number at the end, which I think is actually beautiful, um, and would definitely win Eurovision if it was, like, entered. Um, Rachel McAdams is winning. Uh, she's not funny, though. In this, she... <laughs> she can be. She's winning. She's not funny. Um, no, she can be. I mean, like, I wish, I wish they'd, um taking the time to actually explore comedic skills like they did in Game Night and um, Mean Girls, obviously, famously, that little movie that, you know, no one has seen or ever heard about. Um, and uh, Dan Stevens is really fun as this uh, Russian, maybe gay um, contestant in Eurovision. And he's just, like, super committed to it and super flamboyant. Um, I wish it was, yeah, a bit more specific, and I wish it was funnier, but... Uh. It's fine. Um, it's, it, it'll definitely... Um, I think you should just watch it because I know a lot of people who enjoy it who are not me. So, mm. um, you know. Uh, and also I watched Disclosure, which is the... Um, uh, it's kind of like a silly like, closet kind of documentary, but like depicting like the history of uh, the portrayal of trans people in cinema mm. um, from like, I don't know, like the early silence to now and like... It goes into comprehensive detail. Like, there's a lot of pe- um, really cool people in it. Like, uh, Laverne Cox, obviously, Jen Richards. Um, yeah, just these prominent trans actors. Um, I, w- I, my one criticism about it, though, is that, like, I don't think it delved enough into, like, um, like women playing trans men hmm. um, in cinema. Like, um, like, they didn't delve into, like... Um, Boys don't cry. Well, no, they did. They did oh, yeah. delve into that. Wait, women playing trans men. Um, what do you mean, like women playing trans women? Like, yes, yes. Uh, sorry, like, women playing like trans women. Felicity right. Huffman yes. in Trans America. Yeah, like, so they didn't mention Felicity Huffman right. Trans America, and um, my the other big one was Olympia Dukakis in Tales of the yeah. City, um, which I thought they would, uh, but otherwise it's pretty comprehensive, and I think yeah, people should watch it mm. just to you know, uh, yeah be more educated and, and, and have a better vocabulary for, for all of those things. And you get to be introduced to wonderful trans actors who uh, you probably wouldn't even have seen or heard of. And um, all the weird things that they do, like so when Candace Kane was in Dirty Sexy Money, they like lowered her voice like a few octaves just so like, and it's just in her first line, just so that like it establishes that she was trans, like, <laughs> like stuff like okay. that. So. It's weird, but, you know, the, the documentary itself is really good. Um, Hello, we're back. Uh, <laughs> we are adjusting the audio settings um, because we have a new table that is wider and we want to give you the crispest audio possible, so we think this is better. We just had a little hiccup. Sorry about the bouncing noises. We're going to move around the house as Look, we learn how to record this is here. This is the first recording in the new flat, so... Yeah. Um, Troubleshooting. It was bouncing off the ceiling, we think. Um, <laughs> so, you were talking about... Other movies. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's, like, the thing in movies. In TV, I've just been, like, you know, been feeling some type of way. So I've just been watching uh, things that make me happy. So I've been doing a rewatch of Please Like Me and, um, like, Drag Race Canada and Thailand. Like, just... Nice. Yeah. Which reminds me of early season, dra- season Drag Race because um, they're a bit more chaotic. They're a bit less produced than, mm. than what we get now. And it's just really fun. I've heard the Canada one's really good. I the Canada one is really good. Yeah. The Thailand one is so crazy. <laughs> just, it's so fun. Um, yeah. And uh, what else? If you want some reading material, there is a great 
article on Vulture from Tandy Newton, who tells all. Ah, uh, I saw some excerpts from that. I need yeah. to read the whole thing. I, yeah. You have to read it. It's very juicy. Um, there's one with Michaela Cola as well, which I haven't read, but I want to read. Um, have you seen her TV show yet? No, I have not. I don't think it's available for, I think it's on like one of the things that we don't have, I right. think, mm. yeah, in New Zealand. Um, I made destroy I, I, you. I looked mm. it up to see where I could watch it and it was on something that I did not have, which was very annoying. I'm very keen to mm. see it. Yeah. Just it looks really cool. Mm. Yeah. And uh, what else? In terms of listening, I've been listening to Miss Wilson, Clara. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, yeah, Apocalypse Songs is really cool, so you should check it out. Um, and uh, Jessie Ware, Dame Jessie Ware, dropped a new album. Um, for those of you who didn't know, she's like a British like indie artist. And honestly, the pop girls have been bringing it this year. Uh, Kali Ray, um, Dua Lipa, Rina Sawayama, Charlie XCX, maybe not Lady Gaga, but you know. Um, Jessie Ware, What's Your Pleasure? Like a disco fantasia, I would recommend listening. Um, and that's, I guess that's me. That's yeah. like a good summation of what I've been up to since we last recorded. I just have one thing to chat out. I mean, we've been mostly focused on moving house, which is kind of the main thing. But um, I've just recently played the 2019 game Hypnospace Outlaw, which I would strongly recommend. It is really, really fun. Uh, it's like basically the basic premise of it is that you are in 1999 and there is a new like complementary technology to the internet out there called hypnospace in which you wear a headband that takes you into the internet or like an internet type space uh, while you sleep and so people are out there creating like these sort of geocities-esque 1999 websites and you are an enforcer so your plan is to go your job is to go through and um find like copyright violations and things and flag them and stuff like that. So you start out um, and exploring just this awesomely, beautifully created, uh, very, very funny, very, very like fascinating uh, network of pages um, as this this person that's exploring. Uh, and then there is a narrative that develops as you play further and you learn more about like the world and each of the different sub communities that are forming on there. Like the world building is just so fantastic. It's, it's really, really funny. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's really like vi- there are the visual gags and like the whole sort of, <laughs> there are just little weird things about the world that this is set in. Like there is a sport called Trent which is <laughs> all we know about Trennis is from one person's website where they, where they have like a this one person has this website where they sort of have this conspiracy theory that Trennis is actually um, based off an original game called Tennis um, which like people don't say it really exists but they know that Tennis really exists and unlike <laughs> Trennis there's only two players and there isn't a ball catcher but just two people with the <laughs> and so that all you learn about Trennis is from this weird conspiracy thing um, and they have like all of these different music genres that mm. the people have created so there's like a whole um like you get into a like a subgroup for people that are fans of cool punk which is like <laughs> icicle and like christmas themed like kind of vaporwave style music oh, honestly, it's that so fascinating so um and so there's all these weird, it's just, it's like exploring the internet and that there's all these weird little communities, um, but you find out about people's like beefs with each other and yeah. people that are doing illegal things and people that have got relationships forming and things like that. Um, and then there is a story that goes along with it as well. Um, and it's just so fun to play, really great, like it's a really interesting puzzles um, within, you know, like trying to work out how to find information through navigating the web. If you love to, to like cyber stalk people on Facebook when, you know, somebody announces they've started dating somebody and you try to find them on their Facebook page. I already do. Which uh, I love. Uh, <laughs> then I this is the game for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you've ever, you know, done some like weird Google Google foo, 
um, then Hypnospace Outlaw, get onto it. It's it sounds really, really fun. Where can we find so that game? You can find game? it on Steam, uh, you can find it on Itch.io or on GOG. There's a lot of different places. Um, yeah, anywhere you buy online games, pretty much. Uh, and it's available for Mac or PC. I do hear, though, that if you have a PC, then you can get you get an extra thing that comes with it where you get to like make your own music with their tune sequencer and like make your own GeoCity-style page. So I'm really sad that you don't get those things on the Mac oh. version. And talking about conspiracy theories, that brings us nicely to our feature presentation. Feature presentation! So uh, <laughs> this week is the Manchurian Candidate, which we kind of hinted at at the very yes. end of the last podcast. That yeah, we, we kind of had to do it because we hinted at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Johnny Crawford, for the suggestion for this one. Yes, yeah, totally. Uh, past, past and probably future guest. Yeah. <laughs> or have we lost a listener as well? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is a uh, 2004 remake of the uh, 60s film, The Manchurian Candidate, starring... Yeah, do starring Frank Sinatra and Angela Lansbury. And um, Lawrence Howard, because there's three There's, there's three. There's three. Yeah. It's not as famous as the other two, but, yeah. you know. Does anyone have... Any history with so this So I would Go like cast. to say I have never seen the original Manchurian Candidate. I obviously had not seen this one either. Um, all I knew about Manchurian Candidate as a thing was that the basic premise that it was like a brainwashed politician guy mm. that, you know, was like a, that was to do with brainwashing. Uh, but that's really all I knew about it. Um, and I, then I'd heard uh, Blank Check, a podcast that we're big fans of, did a, um episode about this Jonathan Demme remake. Um, and so I sort of picked up on bits and pieces of the plot from that, but also that's not really the most plot-filled <laughs> podcast. So yeah. I was still there were a lot of surprises for me and yeah, I, yeah. as I watched this. Um, I well, honestly, my I have not seen this remake uh, first of all, but I have seen the original. Um, uh, like primarily when I was like growing up, like the Angela Lansbury supporting performance is like legendary. So mm. I was like, okay, I have to watch that. But when I actually watched it when I was a bit younger, I was bored. I was really bored. So I was like, <laughs> I don't get the big fuss. Um, but I knew that I like had to see it at, you know, like some future point because I wanted to like, obviously like I was the wrong, I was in the wrong, um, for not getting it. Um, so this was like actually great because like it gave me an opportunity to rewatch the um, original, which I really appreciate now and I really enjoy. Um, and as for the remake, I just know that, uh, you know, Denzel Washington is in it and Meryl Streep got a Golden Globe nomination for playing Mr. Shaw. So, but I, yeah, otherwise I, I don't really have any extensive history, um, with the Manchurian Candidate. Uh, brackets Demi 2004 yeah uh, I am very similar I was going through my 1001 films you must see before you die book starring <laughs> Jack Nicholson of The Shining on the front cover I remember that yeah and I was checking I wore them that out in like like in our school library <laughs> oh that yeah that was the only book that I was like obsessed with I mean it's great I mean so it's kind of hokey but it's it's an absolute bible for... I think it's a great like yeah. just like gateway I, uh, to check I, stuff out I would write I bought my copy and I would just like tick and star the ones that I was really interested in. Oh, that's so cool. And so Manchurian Candidate was one of those. So, um, but you know, when you get in that kind of cycle, you can get into a habit of like just trying to tick them off. Um, And Manchurian was uh, a film that was one of the kind of, oh, tick offs, let's, you know, gotta see that. Um, And I did, you know, uh, quite enjoy it. You know, I remember liking it quite a bit, but it wasn't like an absolute, like, amazing in my mind but i remember um angela lansbury 
um, in particular being very strong from that. But I hadn't seen this, and I did not, I keep forgetting actually that Meryl Streep is in this because the marketing campaign for it is just this huge face of, of Denzel, Denzel right? yeah. um, looking in a canted angle, looking shocked and um, alarmed. Um, so yeah, I was very curious to see what Streep was gonna do with this, because obviously this is a continuation of our Meryl Streep season. And our Jonathan Demi sub season. Yeah, <laughs> Meryl Streep season. Um, and significantly different from Ricky and the Flash, um, which was his final film. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you serious? Um, so who was it that volunteered to do this, this Matt week? was going to take the I think I'm the, doing it. I don't know what's going to come out of Let's my mouth. Let's get ready. So we're going to get some plot summary, right. as I'm just, always. I'm so just going to inject the chip in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Get your see. special brain drill ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all lined up. I could not watch the brain drill part going in. It was too much <laughs> for me. Hey, we'll talk about it. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so there's these group of soldiers that were serving in the Gulf War. One of them was Denzel Washington. One of them was Liev Schreiber. Um, in the aftermath of this, Liev Schreiber wins the um, Presidential Medal of Honor or Medal of Valor. Well, one, of one of those. One of those. Um, and then becomes like this hotshot congressman who's like on the way to becoming president. Um, Denzel Washington is like, you know, this is weird. I'm having dreams. 30 seconds. Oh, also, the, uh, Jeffrey Wright comes up to him and, you know, triggers this. So it, it, um, it you know, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it brings him to a journey of like, um, oh, going for, going for Liev Schreiber. Ten seconds. Um, and you know what? Stuff happens. We'll talk about it. It's a wild ride. And that's one minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, so just, just, Stuff just, does just a couple little, a couple little <laughs> additions. It's a few, a few amendments um, <laughs> to this piece. Um, so hold on, actually, before we do that. Wait, wait, and we're back. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we just yeah. quick, quick pause. Um, but yes, yeah, so that plot summary missed out a few things, including, for example, Meryl Streep, uh, the woman of the hour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically the Manchurian Candidate is about this uh, company called Manchurian Global, which is apparently You're just going to do the whole the thing in front of him right now. I'm just, I'm just, let people have to know the plot. And they're putting, uh, they're, they're, they've hypnotized or brainwashed all that. of That's the soldiers funny. in this unit that Denzel Washington and Lev Schreiber were in. Um, and have put like little chips in them and are still able to control them by saying a special code word. Um, and basically they have been engineering this this situation uh, with the full knowledge of Meryl Streep, who is the mother of Lev Schreiber's character and a senator in her own right, who's trying to engineer him to become the vice president and then eventually the president of America. Who looks a lot like Hillary Clinton. Weirdly very, enough. Very weird. It's called, that's called satire. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so they, they got they, they got several things correct. Um, <laughs> the haircut, not the pantsuits though. She no, there didn't was know her, this no pantsuit. Pants there was a beautiful gown which yeah. I don't think Hillary could pull off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she hasn't attempted it, but yeah. no, no. Um, yeah. And she's also a senator, which I thought from New York, which I thought was on the nose, but she's actually a senator from Virginia. Yes. But her son, uh, the is, son a is a congressman, congressman of from New York. York. Um, yeah, so what are, what are the good things you? about it? What do we like? Some some bottles. I think say, you know, like I, th I think this is 
you know, like kind of a fun, preposterous ride to go on. Like, yeah, there were some twists and turns within the plotting, and from what the the sound of it, from what I hear from you guys, some of the plot twists were different than that happened in the original. Yeah, I as think well. the, the basic framework is kind of the same, but like they definitely had a few things where they were there. I I can see you know the um, the worth of the remake because they definitely delved into a few things that were, you know, quite interesting. Like um, in the original, Frank Sinatra was just very smooth and like in control the whole time. Whereas in this one, Denzel Washington was just, uh, yeah, like kind of, you know, started as this very respectable kind of captain, major. And then, uh, yeah, um, I think, I feel like he gets referred to as both. At some yeah. Points. Yeah. And then he kind of just, devolves into this like there is conspiracy a, okay. theory. There's a stunning we, moment where he bites yeah. into Lee we just We're not as excited. Like, honestly, these performances are wild. <laughs> like, this film goes places. Oh my god, alright. Go like, on, go off. The filmmaking that is being employed here is just campy, theatrical, over the top. I, I don't... I don't like, think it's theatrical. Okay. I don't think well, theatrical it, is what we can sty- do. It's definitely it's over the top. It's strongly stylized. And, like, you get this right off the bat with, with Jeffrey Wright in the future, like, in the present day, coming up to Denzel, who is, like, straight as a bullet starting off. He is, like, Denzel, like, classic, like... He, he doesn't take any shit. And Jeffrey Wright is doing all the ticks. Yeah, he is, like, he's like, flinching oh. and... and Yeah, so so Jeffrey Wright comes up and he's, like, the soldier who's, you know... He's been having in the this, unit. Having this dream of, of, you know, like, him and Denzel and Liev and some kind of, like, brainwashing type of thing. And yeah. he's been scribbling in his notebook. So, so we're going to do a reenactment. Someone who's, who wants to be Denzel? <laughs> Uh, I'll be doing something. Okay, come up real close to the mic. Here I am. Because this is how close the filmmaking goes. It's like, hey, man, hey, Ben. I just... Are you okay? No, 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 no. Do you need to see somebody? No, 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 no. you got to understand. you got to look at my notebook. You have to understand. And, like, we have, like, a fisheye lens, and he's looking... Because Demi always looks... Every single muscle in Jeffrey Wright's face. He'll just move it independently. Deeply unshaven, as Denzel will soon become. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright's eyebrows were doing a lot of work. A lot of work. Best supporting actors, Best supporting eyebrows. No. It was it was a lot, um, which was very entertaining for me. Is <laughs> um, the thing about the campiness is that I don't think it w- anyone intended it to be. No, campy. I just feel like a lot of the, the, <laughs> the performances were just pitched at quite a big level. Yeah, the point, some of the, even just like the one line characters. There's a point where Meryl Streep comes in and does this big speech to a whole group of senators to convince them that they need to to name uh, her son as the vice president. At the convention, convention. yeah. Um, And she does this huge performance and she's got her fist and she's talking about America and saying glorious things. And there are even just some other senators in that room that just have giant line deliveries as well. Yeah, well, (coughs) she's kind of delivering at a level of like, you've got to listen to me. Like, but like still like no one's shouting. And then suddenly this guy's like, how dare you come in here? And you're like, whoa, (laughs) where did that and it's got this kind of like flowery language here and there where she's oh, yeah. like, and he was born in the darkness of violence. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Or with the fist, the fist throughout yeah. all of that scene. It was very fun. It was very fun to watch. Yeah. And just, you know, like seeing these actors, <laughs> like just chew, 
choo 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 choo. And the scenery is very fun because Meryl has got awarded a Golden Globe and a BAFTA and a Saturn Award for this. And I was kind of looking for Meryl's she like, got a nomination. Oh, a nom, right? I was looking for her moment, and that kind of scene at the start where she tries to convince all of the senators to like back her son is kind of a moment. I think her real moment comes. At I the think wrong. her real moment is close to the end. Yes, because but, uh, like we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. Okay, Overall, we'll I would say this, like, you know, if we're looking at the meralness of this whole thing, I feel like this is, an, like, a perfectly good performance, but it's not the most interesting no, I think performance it's... I've seen. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, this is the sort of thing I'd expect you to I, do in It makes role, sense in know? terms of casting, because, like, if yeah. you're imitating Manchurian and you want someone with a star persona like yeah. Angela Lansbury, then you get Meryl Streep. But I don't I know like... if Angela had that screen persona in 62. I guess yeah. not the screen persona, but she, like, less fucking about... killed that character. Yeah. I think it's less about, like, who the person is to cast it and more, like, because... Because Angela Lansbury made was so yeah. iconic in that role, in that we need role. to find an iconic actress. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and, and because way. you so associate her with you know bed knobs and broomsticks and like a nice like sweet person. So whenever that's skewered like Sweeney Todd or Manchurian, you're like, oh my gosh, this oh, my old sweet grandmother is I've, evil. I feel like the timeline is out of whack. I feel like bed knobs and broomsticks came way yeah, after. Yeah, they come like the eighties. It comes yeah. way after. But <laughs> no, before this, her roles were like. Like um, Cockney maids in films. Yeah, but stuff I like guess that. like she exudes a certain sweetness that we, you always kind of. I think that's with. like in retrospect though, because mm. we're so familiar with her later work. Right. Yeah. When okay. she was younger, she was just like the classless maid, really. Right. Yeah. And she was just like doing these fun, like in Gaslight, she plays like this maid who's just like completely like foul mouthed and just like low class oh, and. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, that persona kind of grew later on when she did Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. And she always just like has this like, even in the film, she was only 36 playing the mom of a 33-year-old. That's, right. yeah. That's funny. But she looked like his mom. Yeah, like, I think she's just one of those people who's been grandma aged for so long. Absolutely, that yeah. That, that's why you're like, I can't believe we still have Angela Lansbury with us. But it's because, you know, like she just fell into that grandmothery role. Yeah, Whereas I think with Meryl, age. she's doing a star performance. She is 100%. Performance. Like it's not, yeah. she's not transforming herself like something no. like Devil Wears Prada, which is still channeling not, her persona, yeah. but it's like... Definitely a character, whereas yeah. this feels like, except for that one scene, bathed in light in front of her son, which we'll, we'll get to in a bit. Oh, we, we have to talk about it in isolation. But um, no, I think this is, I think Meryl is the one who clo- uh, most closely, like, knows what the type of film that she's in. Yeah. Because, um... I don't know. I feel like I enjoy other performers a lot more, like... I no, prefer Denzel. I think the type of film... Well, it's weird because I feel like Meryl is kind of in a different film to the type of film... Because Denzel is also really good in whatever he's I don't doing. Think, like, I don't think anybody is, like, bad in this No, film, everyone I is good. Say. I really Everybody's enjoy Denzel, yeah. Um, Meryl just, like... But she knows she's not giving a deep performance. It's just no. some like a very enjoyable kind of like Aunt Josephine in mm. in a series of unfortunate events type of performance. It feels like she's clocking out. You know, she's coming in, she can do it, she's a star, and she does it. But I, I like the other performances that are like, this is fucking important. Because that's, oh, yeah. that's how the camp works. <coughs> like, Liv Schreiber and Denzel are like, no, I'm all in. And you get like this bizarre fascinating little story yeah I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you I just think yeah she does it she does her thing it's very fabulous her fingernails are like <laughs> painted for she the gods a, a gorgeous coat and yeah yeah, yeah. Parents, mm. very but good. it's yeah uh, yeah that's the thing that I I kind of miss from male it's a very technically good performance it's like enjoyable in a campy way but also I don't think it quite goes 
far enough. Yeah. Like it's, it's it not, doesn't become like oh that you have yeah, to see Marilyn. It's not like delicious, yeah, you know. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I feel like because I think because this is a part that you know it's it's a good role for her. But someone who doesn't get this opportunity as much as her would have just like yeah. relished in yeah. this role. Yeah. You know? And, like, like, and the, the bit where it does get delicious is when it gets into the Oedipal stuff of like... Oh, now yeah. she said it. <laughs> yeah. It, where he's like... So let's talk about the scene. She is standing in front of Liev Schreiber who is shirtless and she is staring up at him in like a position that is usually associated with someone that is about to go down on someone. Um, and it is near the end of the film and like the whole room is white. She she is in white. It seems like kind of no. She's yeah. She, well, she's looking up at him. Yeah, yeah like and she's with, like stroking his. Chest. Oh yeah, she's like <laughs> giving him the fuck me eyes and like s- like stroking his like naked chest very sensually. Yeah, and you um, know at this point this is also when he's under in the hypno- hypnotized. Oh yeah, stage and as well. we're all like squicked out because it was very sexual. And I mean that was the intention because that was the. Yeah, well, the conclusion of the scene is that she does kiss him on the mouth. Like, Like briefly. Softly, like a, you know, a very weirdly intimate parent child kiss. And then she does, like, a little pause where she looks like she's about to go back in. So long. And it cuts. It cuts mercifully before the big passionate makeup. My favorite (laughs) is my favorite scene in the whole film because just the tension of the whole scene of, like. All three of us were just (coughs) shouting at the screen. If the role, I mean. I guess you don't want to like touch that too much. You don't want to, you've got to have that as your ace in the hole. But like, if the role had been a little bit more like to do with that, that it's just like, look, this is a stupid story. Like, it's trash. We just want trash. Um, well, I think I like that it comes as like yeah. sort of a as surprise. A surprise, yeah. Because hmm. you're just but like. But also, it's a surprise, but it makes sense when you look back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because like, yeah. if you see mm. the film, if you watch it, it makes sense. Like she's a domineering stage mother, and there's this whole, there's this whole thing. He's only had one girlfriend in his whole life. He's never had any friends. He has this one girl that he was in love with when, when he, he was, was like 15. fifteen. That Meryl chased away because supposedly because she was the daughter of an opposing senator. Um, yeah, but, but really, really because she wanted him all for <coughs> herself. Yeah, um, and yeah, and I mean her husband died as well. So yeah, yeah, there's only one man in her life. Indeed. Mm. Yeah, we don't know why he died. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's very sinister. Um, so, in terms of other romantic plot lines in this film, oh my god! Uh, so there's there's, oh, a, yeah. there's a major one, and I would like to know. So Eugenie, the character yeah. that appears in the original, what is the what is that role in the original? So film? in the original, like she just, it's very, it's thinner than than yeah. what's on this film. Yeah. Like she literally, it's played by Janet Lee, who is obviously famous from Psycho, gets mm-hmm. murdered. Um, and she's very sensual. She's like just got such gravitas and screen presence, so that when she approaches Frank Sinatra, it feels less hokey than when Kimberly Elise um, approaches um, Denzel, Washington. Denzel Washington. So like, I kind of buy it, even though she just like um, notices him on a train. They chat up, and she's very interested. And then she gives him her number and her like address. And then the next time we see her, she's like bailing him out of jail. And um, so basically, in, they're partners. In and, terms like, of plot, she's just a girlfriend. She's just a girlfriend. She's right. just a that's girlfriend. That's what I figured from yeah. the So, what they've done with this as part of a, a twist on it is that they decide to make 
Eugene, I just yeah. can't pronounce it this version. Eugene Rosie. the urban version, yeah, I guess, I of Eugene. Um, and so she, yeah, we have the same sort of approach situation um, in this together, but then it turns out that she is actually an FBI agent that yeah, has well, been um, the, spying on. She seems super keen all the way through. Okay. And yeah. while we were watching it, we were like, why the fuck? Like, so, so Denzel Washington, halfway through the story, as he becomes more unhinged and starts to correctly realise that, like, he's having mm. these implants. And we get the same that he has been kind of like a kind of a conspiracy theorist from the start. Like even though yeah. he's keeping up a, a good front, he's wearing like this uniform and talking yeah. to schools about being an ex-military and all of that. He like go back home. to his apartment and yeah. you see it's piled with like yeah. uh, newspapers and he's got like conspiracy boards and all he eats is cup ramen. But uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. Apart from that, like, um, so the the pretext of Kimberly um, Eugenie, Eugenie in the film <laughs> approaching him is because she is a checkout girl. As we think she is. Yeah, um, she, she claims movie. to be the, the the girl that works at his local supermarket yeah, and or he, whatever. He comes there all the time and buys cup noodles. Yeah, which, she's oh. like, all you buy is tomatoes, cup noodles, and nodos. And I'm like, that's the sign of a man you should not First approach. All, yeah, red flag. <laughs> yeah. So literally red with the tomatoes. And the thing is, she yeah, well, she comes to him and like like pretty much offers herself, offers her home, offers yeah. her number, and like. Like halfway through their first conversation, Denzel Washington gets so overwhelmed. He, that he has, has a to... hallucination of a bullet hole in her forehead. Yeah, and starts going to the bathroom to like recover, where he's like sweating. And girl, if you are not running the other way, <clears throat> there yeah. is something wrong with you. So we're all looking <clears throat> being like, this is the least believable. Like, what are the hell? Like, why would she possibly care about him? Why is she interested? Well, you know, but, yeah. I get it. Sometimes <laughs> if you're just really into someone, you put up with a lot of bullshit just to sleep <laughs> she with them. Puts up- Crazy bullshit. Well, like yeah, he digs out a knife. Yeah. He believes he has a bug in his shoulder, which he does, and he digs in deep, pulls it out, and holds it up. And uh, when she like comes in, he drops it in the sink, and then he's fucking yeah. digging around with a knife. I get but it. But that's the point where she's like, "Oh, maybe he's a bit crazy," as opposed to you know Way all earlier. the times earlier where yeah, he was. That's the thing, right? <laughs> and like, even after that, she appears later on and is like, "Hey, I'm hey, here to support right. you." I'm still here. And we were like, "Why the fuck is she so here?" Because of these reasons, it did make sense later when I was like, oh, "Okay, thank God, there's a reason why she is following." Yeah, him, yeah. and our expectation because he eventually finds the tapes that she's recording of him. He thinks she's in with the baddies. That, yeah, um, yeah. he that assumes that she's, she's part one of, of the like Manchurian people. That's... So I really love that little twist that like I she also... is part of it, but on the other side, the mm, FBI. Mm. I also love that because she's not just a weak side chick, you know, yeah, who's just like, like... Oh, she's actually pretty... Yeah, inst- girl, I enjoy the, cho- the chase too, but like <laughs> the moment like he runs to the bathroom all sweated and like crazy... <laughs> then it's like, just leave, like, him, alone. No, girl, leave him alone. Leave nothing, him alone, leave him behind. Yeah, no, no sex is worth that, girl. And <laughs> like, it also makes sense what she's all this time, you're like, so tell me about what you remember from the war. And yeah. we're like, what the hell? Like, Why? are we just doing counseling now? Another um, nice but twist. But it's like, of course, she's trying to get information from him. Another nice twist that they put on it is in the original um, story, it's just one kind of like um, uh, covert agent who, a sleeper agent who gets like woken up by a signal um, and is set to assassinate um, somebody. At the uh, kind of twist in this, and spoilers, we've been spoiling so much. <laughs> I mean, that's this the is thing. A spoiler podcast, it's fine. I don't, yeah, I mean, I love how you, you go and say spoilers, but you're vaguely describing who this is. <laughs> I've been vaguely describing it. Um, I don't know. I dropped it in. Um, it turns out that Denzel Washington uh, is also like, has a, a code word that activates him and he he turns out to be the assassin. Well, I think like, well, we need to like unpack this a little yeah. bit. So the thing is, like, the agent 
the Manchurian candidate. Yeah. The secret double agent is um, Liev Schreiber's character, Robert mm. Shaw. So they're controlling him via like... Raymond Shaw. What did I say? Robert. Raymond. <laughs> Everybody loves, loves Raymond. Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond, apparently, except for Especially any his of his mother. friends or girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so they've <laughs> implanted a chip in his, or like whatever it is. Yeah, there's a little, we see a drilling sequence yeah. where it's in his brain somewhere. And there is a sequence of, of words yes. that like triggers it so that they can control him and do whatever. And in the original film, um, it was Solitaire. He plays Solitaire. Someone rings him and asks him to play Solitaire. And once the Red Queen, the Diamond Queen, um, uh, you know, gets played, that triggers the um he goes into like the fugue yeah, state he gets, where he's goes into the fugue state because it reminds him of his mm. mother and then they could basically um they can tell, make him do whatever they, yeah they can yeah. T- tell him to do whatever and um here in this version um we thought it was just the yeah. tell, this- so he did it the first time we see him go into the state uh he gets a phone call from an, a mysterious man who yeah. says like is this uh sergeant raymond shaw yeah uh raymond shaw Raymond Prentice Shaw. Yeah. And then at the at Raymond Prentice Shaw, he went into the state and I was like, his full name is the trigger? <laughs> like, surely because that would happen all the time. We had assumed yeah. it was just the last thing. Said. But apparently it's that whole no. sequence. Yeah, so things. by the second time that we see it, it's it's Sergeant Shaw, Sergeant Robert Ra- Prentice. Sergeant Raymond, Raymond Shaw. Raymond, 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 Raymond Prentice Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, so I'll he, ne- like, we'll never say it exactly because yeah. well, it's a long chain I'll, of things. I'll never get to <laughs> If you're listening, him. Raymond, don't worry about it's it. It's okay. It's I'll good. never get to control I really you. liked with the filmmaking when that yeah. happened that the um, that the entire um, uh, surroundings of the character like lightens as well so that you get the full effect yeah. of like... Mm. They have this sort of visual going. lighting cue to show him and getting into that yeah. weird state. What um, James is saying is that we've been through this whole thing with Denzel as our nominal lead. Yeah. He gets to kind of uncover all these things. And then at the end, towards the end, he gets a phone call. I mean, um, he confronts Raymond uh, <laughs> Prentishaw. Who is, who is weeping. Uh, who's, yeah, yeah, who's yeah, just, yeah. We've just discovered that his, um, so Meryl Streep, uh, the mother, is in on the fact that her son's being. Yeah. She's the big um, bad. She's the big, she's big bad. bad. Well, but I guess Manchurian Global of the big bad. Yeah. Sure. But she's helping them. Um, and then he um, hands and him so, his... And she's, well, she's made him uh, kill... Uh, the rival senator who's going to expose him yeah. and Jocelyn, his only love. And all throughout this film, we're like, when is Meryl and Denzel going to have a scene together? Yeah, They've so had we've got one this... small little interaction where she's like, get away from me. Please don't yeah, touch me. Yeah, she just me. says, like, excuse me. And that's yeah. the only moment and we've had it. between them. That's um, the only physical moment. And so, yeah, we were waiting for this big scene to happen and we've got, like, Liv's just having a pretty good acting moment. He's crying. Yeah, he's he's realised that what he's done, that he's killed he's killed the, his, his love. Um, and then, <laughs> and then he, he gets a phone call from his mother yeah, and, and weeping then, hands it, it to... It's his mother calling. He said, <laughs> yeah, he gives his Nokia 3310 to Denzel Washington <laughs> and um, he's like... Is in, 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 in Meryl on the other line we don't even see like a visual yeah. of Meryl it's just no. her voice is and she's just Captain like Captain Bennett Marco yeah is, is this Captain Marco Captain Bennett Marco Bennett Ezekiel Marco and then we see the trigger and she says listen and then cut and we were like it was a good, it was a good twist. Yeah, we were really not ready for I that. Did not, it was I good. was not ready. Um, oh, she really yeah. came that way. Uh. So the whole thriller twist of it in the original, from what you guys have said, it's it's the uh, the Manchurian candidate, the controlled person, is going to kill 
the president so that the, somebody else that they want to be the vice president yeah. becomes president. Yeah. All right. I'm just I'm just going to do like a, a, a quick thing. Okay, of the so th- this is your recovery moment. All you right. can do a <laughs> movie in a minute. <laughs> Here we go. An old movie in a minute. A retro movie <laughs> in a minute. This is John Frankenheimer's 1962 version of The Manchurian Candidate. Three, two, one, go. All right, so Lawrence Harvey is the son of Mrs. Islin, and he's like a war veteran. He gets the Medal of Honor, but the actual Manchurian candidate is her husband, her, his stepdad, who is going to be the vice president, vice presidential nominee of their party. So um, it's actually uh, Raymond, who um, is the... Um, God, Jesus. Oh, no. The assassin? Your redemption story. No, it's okay. Seconds. Look, look. He's the assassin, and on the convention, he's supposed to, like, shoot the president, um, the, the presidential nominee for, for their party, so that, like, the vice presidential nominee, his stepdad, gets to, like, rouse everyone, gets everyone to rally around him with all the blood and stuff. But um, in the end, he shoots... Ten seconds. Um, his stepdad... And Mrs. Islin, Mrs. Shaw Islin, which is the character's name in the original, um, uh, to break the curse and then shoots himself. Time. And that's what it is. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and Sinatra's in there too. Is oh yeah, Frank Sinatra character. is is the Denzel Washington character. So he's he, another soldier from the unit. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's been at Marco, and he breaks through um, uh, the. Um, Raymond Shaw character by like showing him a full deck of fifty-two cards of. Of the Queen of Diamonds, and he thinks he's gone through, but towards the end, he still, Raymond Shaw still has the, um, the sniper rifle. So he's like, "Oh my God, I didn't actually break him!" But once he gets to the door, like um, the detective played by Kimberly Elise does, Eugene in this film, she he busts through the door. He actually shoots not the president presidential nominee, but his stepdad and. His and mother. mother instead. Yeah, so that's a big twist so, in the 1962 version. Yeah. And that's what you missed on Glee. Um, so this version kind of subverts that by then having yeah. the Denzel character being the one that's supposed to shoot the president and uh, we don't yeah. have a stepfather character. That's just oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Lev Schreiber's character. Which makes sense president. to me because I always thought yeah. the Manchurian candidate was... The Liev, the Liev The one that they've controlled. It seems like bizarre so, that, like, yeah, it seems like, sh- that, yeah, it seems weird yeah. that they're, like, we're working so hard to make this person president, like, that mm. that's the only way is to have somebody else have Which, mind control to So do I, it. I like that update. Mm. Um, I also and, love that, like, Sinatra is somebody who is very protective over his star persona and would never go to the lengths of, like, unhinged crazy. Biting so, something out of Liev Schreiber's shoulder. Yes. <laughs> but even then, I don't think, I mean... He could have, but I don't think the scriptwriters back then were like, no. Yeah, there so wasn't dark like, energy in the 60s. Because it's, I actually thought an Frank... addition of the yeah, remake that I really I actually liked. thought Frank was really good. He was world-weary. He wasn't just, like, coasting on his charm. He was, like, very doubting of, like, his friend who's gone crazy. Mm. And, like, it was a good, it's a good performance from him, you know? Like, it's a good star performance. Um, and now that you've mentioned it, shall we get into the other moment that freaked us the (laughs) fuck out? So there is this big scene in kind of the middle of the film, I'd say, which is Denzel and and Liev Schreiber have their big sort of meeting bit where Denzel starts sort of putting forward his conspiracies and Liev Schreiber starts thinking, I have, I have been getting weird dreams. Like, and he starts to have a sudden suspicion that maybe there's some grain of truth in what Denzel is saying. And it's shot in this really weird way. Yeah, this is a banana. Oh God. Yeah, this is a banana, but it's like, the camera just is just sort of floating around. Well, Demi is so intentional in most scenes that this felt like either 
an off day unit. or a second unit thing because it was just it, there's so much busyness behind the scenes yeah. because they're in yeah. a... So they're in campaign so, headquarters. Right. And there's a and lot of, like, sort of graphic things yeah. happening in the background. So it's the, like the slogan uh, being, like, flashed behind them and then the, the red, white, and blue backgrounds are all changing behind them. That becomes purple at some point. Yeah. And they're... The they have, and stuff. Yeah, they're just having this very intense conversation. But, like, your mind... Your eye wanders because it's so flashy in the background. But then what even... It, what detracts even more is that the camera is like subtly like rolling around, yeah. not rolling even around, getting drifting. closer and closer. Yeah, but, but then, like still moving not, around. It's not, not even like just zooming closer. In. It's, it's just, just like, like rolling. panning off to the side in a way that doesn't really feel all that. But I, yeah, I don't it's very get weird. I guess it's maybe like reflecting his hazy. I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I, I don't know. But yeah, so we're watching this this section. We're going like, oh, okay, well, this is the scene, blah blah blah. And then there's this moment at the end where I think, I guess, like Lev Schreiber tells him to leave. I can't remember what precipitates the the big moment. He's basically not convinced, and he's like, "Please get out of here." I, let's, yeah, let's, like yeah. I need to get back to work or whatever. And so Denzel, on his last, he's 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 already found the little uh, little. Metal thing? I don't know how you describe the metal thing. It's like a chip. Implant. Yeah, that's like a metal tic tac. Implant. An eye implant. As Denzel (laughs) describes it as. Um, so he's already found that there's one of those on his own shoulder and he's dug, dug it out with his uh, pocket knife. Um, and so he has tried to convince Lev that there's one in his as well and he won't listen to him. So he just <laughs> dives on him. Well, the first thing, Pulls yeah. back his shit. Well, that's the thing. Like, well, him. pinches his skin first. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing. The, the, the first thing is that, like, we reacted to how wild he just jumps yeah, he at Yeah, he just Liam. jumped on him. So, like, yeah. we weren't expecting that. It just seems like he's pummeling him. Like, yeah, and we this, were just like, no, what are you doing? This, this is very not vi- he's yeah, it's like, to you now. Well, to me, like, to us, we were still on, on Denzel's, like, pocket here. He just discovered, like, a few things that are pivotal to the case. Now he's wow. taking it. He's, he's you know, broken through to, to talk with Raymond. And, like, yes, we, we've got this. We're, we're getting more answers. And then he just, like, completely undoes it by lunging at lunging the, at him, at the, jumping the congressman. Lunging at him, bringing yeah. those teeth into yeah. it. Yeah, pulls yeah. down the shirt and just takes a big old chunk of flesh out of his yeah. shoulder. And I, it's like <laughs> that moment... John Voight's death, which we briefly touched on, like all of like the key like visceral moments, they really go for them and like <laughs> yeah. sit and in it. In no, terms this... of like the bigness of performance, that was a very yeah. big. Performance. Yeah. Well, the biting it itself kind of was just like so visceral because like the thing of him lunging and like maybe like you know smacking him around was big enough because you're like, yeah. oh my god, you just like completely destroyed your own credibility in your own case. But then the moment he bites into it, you're just like, what the fuck? No. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, and then he he gets the thing up because later on he he's been keeping it in the back of his mouth and he rolls it around and he's got it and yeah. he keeps it in his mouth the whole time. One final bottle I want to shout out is this has a one cr- final. <laughs> uh, what have well, we done? Before yeah. we get to the bananas, um, oh. uh, the uh, the ensemble cast in this is pretty crazy. Like just dotted throughout, we have like small like Cameos. young up and coming yeah. like you know Anthony Mackie is just a, a soldier that gets killed. Yeah. Um, Vera Farmiga, we get. Um, uh, Bruno, what's his last? Bruno Gans. Bruno Gans, who's from Wings of Desire. The character that we are. He's not up and coming. He's just a, a cameo um, in there. Fun, fun fact: this year he also played Hitler in Downfall. So if you want oh, to see that, the yeah. year two thousand four, right? Yeah. Um, and but a, a single line from Anne Dowd. Uh, yeah. True. Beloved got, character is Anne Dowd. Bill Irwin. A single line from a beloved friend of the podcast, Bill Irwin. Oh. Um, um, 
He but is just if he shows up in the next film that we watch, yeah, we he's just, having an incredible. We applauded run. for both yeah. Galoo and, and um, Dowd when they showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, well, we've got yeah, well, and uh, the guy from uh, Veronica Mars. He's one of the soldiers. Jacko yeah. <laughs> um, Ivanek, who who, people, who they thought was like the guy from House of Cards. Yeah, he's got. He's the same type. He's, yeah, he is. He's got a lot I think, of dark circles yeah, on his eyes. Most from like know. Damages. He won an Emmy for supporting actor right. for Damages, playing a lawyer. I'm assuming I've never seen Damages. Um, and also, just um, like you've never seen ever. To the last airbender too. <laughs> no, he seen... has seen it. Oh no, he hadn't no. seen the, the, other, the anime other anime that he recommended on time. I'm just looking for any opportunity. If you come for me, that. come correct. Yeah, come correct. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Can't even respect that. <laughs> hey, I came for you with the with the review from Avatar Roku. So. <laughs> no, Avatar Roku wrote that. Yeah. Oh, of course. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm forgetting. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. He can't even like slip up properly. <laughs> Um, um, anyways, what was, what other was cameos that we've Oh yeah, and um, Liev Schreiber's brother Pablo Schreiber shows up, who um, was porn stash in Orange Is the New Black, oh. which oh. he was Emmy nominated for, and nah. guest actor. But still, what a weird. That. Liev, Liev can stay. He doesn't have to leave because he oh, is get out <laughs> right now. It's the end of you, you and me. me. He's, he's really good. good. I want he's to see more of his stuff. He's well cast. Oh yeah, the the casting is very good very because Liev looks like a politician, a handsome yeah, politician. Yeah, he's like handsome politician level, but not like you know, like not, a ten. You like know? there's sometimes like, you see like people that are too good looking to clearly be to in be politics. Fair though, I was feeling Liev. There's something about the robot. robot. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. and he's just like he hasn't had a relationship in 15 years, and I'm just like, oh Liev, honestly, babe, what are and you doing? And he looks here? like a yeah, he looks like a bulky soldier. <laughs> oh, as well. here's the thing though. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're getting into the negatives. Yeah. Where were the rumors? Where are the dates being set up for Liev? I know. If you're a high-profile politician, yeah, there is a media... for president. I mean, but also... questioning why his mother hadn't set him up with, like, a sort of, like, fake wife to yeah. just, like, cover up. I feel like that would have been, know, like, a secret. really good update as well, because, like... Mm. But you also, know, like, we now know why, because she wanted them all for herself. That's the reason. Even, even, like, still, a scene of... Imagery, yeah, you know. yeah. Or even, like, a brief... I mean, I guess we did have a brief scene of him reconnecting with Vera and she shut that down. She was but like, no, 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 I'm not 15 anymore. <laughs> no one happens in the real, in the real one. I mean, the original one, they do get married eventually. Him and, and the Jocelyn character. I thought you were saying the mother. The mother. <laughs> I mean, I think that's illegal in 50 states. True. Yeah. Um, and then... Well, <laughs> <laughs> most of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's at least frowned upon. Yeah. Um, 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 and then, yeah, when he kills them, they're already married. So another yeah. ban- banana I want to say is that the third act drags. Um, I would okay. say this film is too long. There is, there is, a, there is there, it's too long. There is a great momentum through, yeah, like a lot of the film, and then you're just like, oh, let's wrap it up, let's end it, especially in the last five minutes. Well, that's the thing, it has, like, yeah. multiple endings, it where keeps, you're just you like, oh, we're still going. This yeah, is so I don't know if we've said, like, what happens for the end of this, but basically, um, uh, somehow, Liev Schreiber deprograms himself, and I don't know how he yeah. was able to escape his program, and I feel like that was a bit of a flaw, yep. yeah. because I was questioning, like, I don't understand <coughs> how he's managed to get away from doing what he's supposed to do, but he knows... Like during the weird, like uh, Meryl Streep's gonna give him a blowjob scene, um, we get a sense that <laughs> I love how that's a scene. The scene, uh, she explains that her plan is basically like her doing a villain speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the plan is that when he steps on the star, that is his like spot on the podium. I, that's the cue for Denzel to shoot the president. I know we've talked about it, but like 
there's a shot of her looking up and then she rubs not just his chest but it's right over his nipple um, <laughs> and I just still can't get it out of my head because it's out of focus but you just see it and you're like oh, yeah, I know. it's weird to me because yeah I get it like rub that nipple <laughs> why not but you're his mum so Meryl, Meryl the actress having a great time <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, Dawn on the side though yes. Dawn Gummer being like Okay. She's like, I'll show up for the. the Meryl's like, I'll show up for today. <laughs> yeah. This is the scene I've been waiting for. Um, but yeah, this is the the thing. Is that instead of stepping on the star, he makes an active decision to be like, no, I will not, and steps yeah. around it and looks up to where Denzel is with his sniper thing and is like looking over. Well, at can him. I just say that Raymond is a terrible actor? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he cannot, you know, hide that because he keeps looking. He looks up like four gets, times. Well, no, no, I think he's doing that on purpose. He's doing it because that's what gives Eugene. The, um, I don't option. think he's trying to tip off Eugene. Because, like, but the people in the crowd, they see him looking over there, and that's when she knows where he is, and so she runs off but to get But Raymond's him. not intentionally doing I that. I think he is. I think he is supposed see, to be. this is why... he's going, like, look over this there. Is, look over there. Look over there. Um, <laughs> this is why this um, twist was not as effective to me as the original one, because the original was just very straightforward. This, I was like, okay, what's happening? What's his yeah, plan? Did he want to be killed? Like, I couldn't understand it. I felt like the villain twist, like, the, the, the twist of what the villainous plan was, was it made more sense, it seems like, better to me than the original. But in terms of how... It, it was, was executed, yeah. Yeah, like, how the good guys win, or uh, whatever. No, it, it was... It was confusing to me. Yeah, I did um, not fully get it, and I was not gonna lie disappointed so yeah and so, so it ends with like Denzel's trying to carry out his like programmed mission um he's still in the hypnotized state but he doesn't know what to when to shoot the president because um also uh, Raymond didn't step on his star and then he accidentally that- he just shoots for, for some reason he shoots Raymond and the mother instead well yeah. Raymond gets into the position but he's dancing with his mother so that when Raymond is shot it goes through and shoots Both of them, yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, if you're making a twist and you're saying, oh, my God, our hero is complicit, then go full nihilistic and just, like, let their plan work or something. Or just, like, yeah, d- if it's just let, like, Eugene figure it out yeah. and stop him in time. I sure. like, want yeah. it to be yeah. cleaner because it muddies the whole thing. And, like, this is... Or, I'm, like, yeah, have a moment where we see that Raymond has now been deprogrammed in some way or he's figured out how to stop because like, I otherwise also, it doesn't make sense for why he would make an active decision when he's yeah. still supposed to be hypnotised. I also, like, this is one thing, like, I get why they did it in a single bullet, but in the original they shoot both the... He shoots both the vice president and That's then right. the, the mother, which I thought was more effective to me because it... Gives Angela Lansbury like one second to look over her dead husband and be like, yeah. "What the oh, fuck?" No. And then, it just, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and it makes the the son who's complicit and you know is being yeah. controlled like, just, "I'm gonna break out of it." Yeah, so it you seems get that much more film. effective and more cathartic. But mm. um, yes, I don't know. And like, apart from it being long and dragging, it was just like really convoluted. And like, uh, we've talked about this, it made it hard to follow a little Delp, bit. Delp though, Delp is yeah, no Delp, good. Delp was a banana. So there was Bruno Gans is the yeah, character. Yeah. Um, so at one point, Denzel just, uh, he's got some technology he wants to ask about or a question he wants to ask about and he just shows up at his friend Delp's house. And we're like, we're 30 minutes, 40 minutes into the film. Yeah. We have never heard of this guy. And, Longer, and, maybe an hour no, into the film, we yeah, haven't heard of this and guy. And he's like a sounding board on everything. And mm. he like completely believes Denzel, or at least like yeah. is prepared to hear him It's out. on his side. And he, he's the one that analyzes the little thingy that he, he bit the out of Lev Schreiber. The I am plant. The I am plant. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, starts coming up with some of the theories about like, oh, these were the thing, these chips that were supposed to put in soldiers that were going to make yeah. them do things. Um, well, and have to get on his way. But we're like, but 
and he, and he does this weird like operation thing on him where yeah. he like strips well, him up and here's the thing. zaps him. I was like waiting because James thought like brought this like James the conspiracy theorist. I thought it was a good theory. Yeah, yeah. would have made the film better. Yeah, he has a lot of that this week, but that's an <laughs> odd discussion. discussion. Um, um, uh, so James James says that you know maybe he's not real. Maybe he's like it's a, in his mind. Yeah, a, f- a figment. Which might have of, made of Denzel's imagination. So I kept waiting the other shoe to, for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, and have something like impactful happen to Delp. I was like, oh, so is Delp like a um, an acronym for something? Because that's a dumb name. It's a stupid name. Yeah. Um, no, what but we no. get is no, this we just, he just, one he just throwaway line for like, when you help me get out of wherever Albania, Albania, Albania. Or yeah, the disrespect Albania. to Albania. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm like, what? I feel like we've shaded Albania <laughs> some other episode. Okay. Um, but there's also yeah, and then later Sorry, on he comes yeah. back to the lab and it's all cleared out, and yeah. we're like, what? What happened? Well, Dub says when? like maybe they'll know that you've been here, which I guess and yeah. foreshadows like so the, wait, the so one yeah. that so, so Denzel presumably has an implant in his head that we see yeah. Liev Shriver. Did he um, die? Yeah. Is that what happened? I don't know. I, I have no though. idea. No one knows. We don't, don't know. know how, where did he come from? You know Where was he, he just, born? You know when did he die? Just reminded me of. Um, in <laughs> <It's> <laughs> what is this? It's completely off topic. I mean, but in when inter- are we ever on topic? So. In intermediate. Um, <laughs> 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 We're going that far back. A friend of James mine. James just found an implanted memory. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A friend of mine. Um, We've just triggered his fugue state. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine. <laughs> Wait, I, I, was something to do with, I don't know, my friend Nilo. if you're out there, shout out to you, Nilo. um, I, I, I tripped or something, I hurt myself at one point, and Nilo, in complete earnestness, says, did you die? <laughs> and you saying, did Delp die? Just like, you slightly elongated that last syllable, which just reminded me. Of Nilo and oh. his sweet, earnest question. <laughs> An intermediate, did you die? I mean, fair enough. Uh, okay, back on this. Um, yeah, Delp is, it's just... It's clearly just they needed a way for Denzel to learn some scientific knowledge, but they just yeah. didn't think about how we should, like, you know, set that character up or give that character some, like, interesting storyline or yeah. anything. Um, yeah. Some of the dialogue is wild in this film. Like, <laughs> so, like, when he, uh, when Denzel wakes up from his, like, you know, experimentation from Delp, we see uh, Eugene, um slash Rosie, I guess that's her preferred name. So, yeah. It's, there's a whole, there's a whole explanation. Eugene, I don't know. And they just lift it straight from the 1962 version, but, like, it, they really should have just, you know, yeah. excised that. Um, so Eugene is just like, you know, up in his face and be like, Ben, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and she's like, you know, your German friend said this would happen, that you would like crash and reboot like a computer. But you might have lost some of your RAM. And like, <laughs> like no. Girl, no one says RAM in real life. There's another bit where a bodyguard is like, tries to stop Denzel from walking somewhere. And he's like, have you tried the pad thai? It rocks. 
And he's <laughs> I don't know if that's what he said. No, he says. No, that is it. He did did he say yeah, he said, that's the line he says after it. Oh, um, and he's trying to distract Denzel from following <laughs> yeah. Liev Schreiber. But uh, it's wild. There's some, and in uh, one moment where Denzel is actually learning some science, I wish they just kept that kind of stuff and not included um, Delp. Uh, he is sitting next to an Elvis impersonator. Oh, um, love. As he researches. So there's some wild stuff in the dialogue that I both kind of love and hate. And I, some shots that yeah. are just mm. wild. Um, I wanted... <laughs> more of Jeffrey Wright, who was giving me Vincent D'Onofrio and Full Metal oh. Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Woo! Callback from the last episode. To your anime that you've definitely um, seen. Sorry, Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> um, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, oh, he was in that film. In what? Full Metal Jacket. Oh, it's Jeffrey Wright in it. No, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. I thought you were just getting muddled up about Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, but he reminds me of Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Did he die? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, Um, guys, please, please. I haven't seen Full Metal Jacket. Let's continue. (laughs) So he was giving me a lot of that, and I wanted more of him and his crazy ass drawings. Do you know what we got, though? We got an amazing set design. One thing we got, yeah, we've got to shout out the production designers. We have a number of different, like, interior spaces in this film. One of the places that we go into is Denzel comes into Jeffrey Wright's apartment he breaks into it to try to see him and find out and so there is this like fantastic psycho wall where we've mm-hmm. got scribblings and drawings and kill. some kill uh, what happened and other <laughs> such like sinister phrases um, and just some, some good sketches yeah, some, some, some serial killer place. sketches on yeah. the wall so it's that that very good. Um, there's also the the apartment that Eugene and uh, uh, Denzel Washington, whatever his name is, <laughs> like what's what's his name? Bennett. Ben. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah. Go to uh, um, which she uh, says is her cousin's place. I guess it's yeah. probably actually an FBI cover place. Um, yeah. But she says oh, her here's, cousin, the, th- her here's the thing, though. Is, is she just straight up takes this crazy man into to her, her cousin's house. To her house. cousin's very nice apartment. Rude. I just want the narrative that she's an FBI agent, but her cousin actually does work on Broadway <laughs> yeah. and is touring yeah. with so Dream So this is the thing where she's like, oh, my cousin, she's like on tour with Dream Girls. And like throughout it, it's just decorated with like, we have like see all these playbills yeah. all these like Wilson. classic like black American and, theater and play pieces. They have the, like, and, and Angels in America and, Which is a good callback because like in the same year, yes. they had Meryl Streep and Jeffrey Wright in the, the iconic, I mean, the Hamilton of its time. Indeed. That was a huge miniseries. I remember um, that. But yeah, so there's like some um, frame tables. There's a Paul Robeson and a fellow poster in yeah, the bathroom good, during the dramatic good. pulling out and the thing scene. How can we forget the Eis- the Shaw Mansion? I keep saying Iceland, which is the, the last movie. name in the other movie. The Shaw the Mansion. The Shaw Mansion featuring not one, but two beautiful portraits. Yeah, one of Meryl's portrait as a senator Great. on fire. Looking okay. good. <laughs> She's not on fire. <laughs> um, and another one of a younger mural with a, a small boy Raymond and a horse. Yeah. Very good. Somebody had to do those. Great job, production designer. Great job on location location shooting as well because, like, that random island where they all got brainwashed with the ruins. Oh, yeah, so it was very, very cool. Also, good costume design as well because Meryl's gowns and outfits, outfits very, very good. good. Her black witch outfit, fuck yes. Her, like, coat Good. She had like this brown like cardigan on with like a brown scarf when she w- was another big scene for her where she was like, you know, I don't know debating someone about R- Raymond outside. Oh, and like a the, the yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 was good. Which is good. So you know, actually top notch 
um, does, does, cinematography weird because some it's yeah, like stylistic varied. very sli- a lot of fade to black yeah but which, also which I, I mean, like, thematically yeah I for, for his it. I guess now I get it it's kind of like re- reflecting his kind of like mind state a little right. bit but also just like the stylistic whiplash to me is what's weird because you get like these slow-mo shots of like yeah him going through the press and then you got like you know, you just, it's, okay it's, it's so that's a banana work. i got another bottle and it is makeup jeffrey wright looked fucked up he looked fucked up yeah. eugene she was sweating someone had to apply that sweat to yeah. her denzel also very sweaty a lot of sweating yeah. throughout. great sweat application um, mm. I also I enjoyed the dream sequences when they did show Denzel like having yeah. the dream. I thought those were shot in oh. a very interesting and like very creepy, but in a way that felt like very surreal and dream logic-y, which was yeah. very well done. I love the dream um, sequence in the yeah. original one where like uh. they conditioned the soldiers to think that they were in a garden party in New Jersey. So <laughs> so like you could see like the oh, um, yeah. the Manchurian um, officials, but then. In, in their mind, it's just like little old ladies making speeches and they're just like, you know, the soldiers are very polite to the women because yeah. they just think that they're these little ladies, which is very fun. That's fun. Um, yeah. And here's the thing I guess we didn't really um, explain is that like it's called the Manchurian Candidate because originally in the book, I guess, and also in the movie, the original yeah. movie, the war was, you know, the Korean War. So it was very close to Manchuria. So I guess China and Russia and all these like you know, oriental enemies of America at right. that time were the big bads. Um, whereas that's obviously... Whereas now that... I mean, it does not exist. Yeah, and also I guess it doesn't work um, in 2004, so they made it, I mean, I guess a good, pretty good solid company, update. Manchurian Global is yeah. the company name. Which yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. One other thing I'd like to shout out is I like how um, black this cast is. Like, mm. and their blackness doesn't come into it. It's not particularly relevant, but it, they're just cast in those roles and that's great I'd like to see more uh, films like that like um, but yeah. it would be nice you could have like you know like the um, other lines, characters though, as yeah. well yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I mean the character that Jeffrey Wright was playing in the original was black and in his flat in his dreams the ladies were all black, which is really like a nice detail. <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, what made me uncomfortable about the original though was obviously because they were Manchurian, mm. um, that it was very <laughs> weird. I don't know if it was like yellow face or it was just like mixed. Like the, if they were like in yellow face, the makeup was very good. But I don't know if these were just like, maybe it was like a Yul Brynner situation where he's Russian, but he looks kind of Asian. It's just people type that of are kind thing. of like ethnically like, ambiguous. So, yeah. So, I don't know, it made me uncomfortable, but mm, whatever. Mm. It was do a different we, time. Do we have anything that else we'd like to talk about? I'm just sad that Meryl and Denzel did not have a scene no, together. No, they should yeah. literally, excuse me, it was like their only, their yeah. only moment. Yeah. Mm. I am looking forward, though, to um, Joel Cohen's The Tragedy of Macbeth coming up. With oh. Denzel as Macbeth and Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth. Oh, I didn't know about that. That's so good. that's gonna be cool, I think. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm just like, when you have those two titans in your like screen, like mm. you want them to have a scene. You want them to chew each other out. Yeah. And you know, like that phone call by Meryl could have been like a reveal she was like hiding behind the pillar. Yeah, there could have been a there was Come a way on. to write those two characters into like, a scene together, been great. even if it, you know, yeah. Could have made it work, but what are you going to do? 
Denzel's just great. He know? was great in this role. He's good in this. I forget. Were, I mean, they were all good. Pretty much everybody was good in this. Just I like, forget, though, that how good of an actor he is. Like, the same thing with Tom Hanks, that you kind of see them around. Like, Meryl is always lauded as a great actress, so you yeah. don't forget it. Yeah. But you kind of, like, these actors who we're familiar with were just, like, you're, they're so dependable. But then you just forget that they're really, really good. So okay. it was great seeing Denzel in a different key as everyone else as well, who's playing more intense and more subtle. There was one moment, though, when he was pouring his heart out to um, Eugene, and he, like, um, put, like, his finger to his head in a gun <laughs> formation. Oh, or just, I don't know if it was, it was a gun. It was just, like, one <coughs> finger. Oh, right, yeah, like, yeah. he was just poking the, the spot where they drilled in. And, and it was just, very intense. And he kept, like, biting his lip at the same and time. And it was... I was Ooh. into it because it was kind of... It was of, about 20 seconds. It was a similar <laughs> moment of that John Voight dying or the bite out of the shoulder where it was just gets into that level of uncomfortable uh, yeah. where she's like she she asks a dumb question like implanting what and he's like oh, get her fucker. on a pennant like it's, he's talking about getting like um, invaded like how yeah. how is your body invaded and he's like get her but instead of making sounds he just just grimaces remember that moment <laughs> when Liev Schreiber was like fucks in a, a chicken Thing. Weasel, weasel. I oh, know that he, that wasn't him. That was the the bodyguard. Was it someone else? Was no, it's just talking just about. Like, I thought Liev was just murmuring to himself, <laughs> and I was like, "Why doesn't anyone think this man is no, crazy?" Well, that's that's just the um, White House code and stuff like that. So like every every president, I thought he was just muttering under no, his breath. Every president <laughs> politician has landed. Yeah, they they yeah. have they have like codes and stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and like it's all these, the same letter. So like I don't remember what Obama's one is, but like Trump has like M, so his. Codename is Mogul, and then like Melania is like another, like whatever. It's like a different letter for I've every person. I remember seeing them on, um, yeah. Oh. yeah, like uh, there's like a list of them on Wikipedia, which is pretty interesting. Oh, one thing that I just want to check in, and you two are probably more like politically savvy. Johnny Crawford, who recommended this, probably would be uh, disappointed if we didn't get into the satirical side of this. Is, <laughs> I don't know. Does this do a good job of like? representing 2004 politics, making a commentary I on I it. I feel like it's not even attempting to do that. I, don't know I do not feel do like that. it's attempting to yeah. like talk to the no. political moment. Like, other than, like, it's an election year. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. elections are happening. To me, mm. the um, most interesting part was um, John Voight was in this. Famous Republican in Hollywood, yeah. obviously. He is technically playing a Democrat here. Yeah, he? like, right. Or, I guess, it's... a centrist Democrat. Yeah. But um, well, was yeah. playing, so, like, the character that he was playing in the original was a liberal Democrat. I guess they switched it for him. Yeah. Or... I, I mean, Lieb from the scene of it, Lieb is supposed to be, but they're, they're in the same party. They're, they're in the same party. Oh, they are. The because he's, he's, he was right. the original yeah. frontrunner to be the running mate for the president. Yeah. Oh. Um, um, and Lev, from I don't know, from the, the snatches we hear from them and the things that Meryl Streep says about it, it's that he's quite left mm. of the party. Yeah, and it um, makes sense. Which like, makes sense. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, so I guess like yeah, John Voight's position is kind of a centrist Democrat yeah. in this piece, like which a, I guess a blue is dog, a, a little bit of a blue a bit dog of a, Southern Democrat. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't sound Southern, so maybe I don't it's know. just it's whatever. Just, yeah. um, anyway, it's a it's a, it's a switch for yeah. him, but a bit, bit of an acting challenge. Liv and um, John obviously um, collaborating again later in their careers on the show Roy Donovan, which I've not seen, but. Just I just think of the uh, shout out to my brother, my brother and me, uh, which have an excellent episode called Here Comes Roy, Roy Donovan. Yeah. Which. Uh, just because, you know. None of them have seen it. It's either. just no. a TV series with Liam Schreiber. It's kind of but what's middle ground. Is it like lawyers? I think he's a lawyer who's just maybe skirts around the edge, you know. Right, he okay. doesn't play it by the book. 
Wow. And talking of playing things by the book, let's go to <laughs> Bag or Biff, which Biff. has nothing to do with playing it by the book. Should we book it or <coughs> barn it? Like, yeah. What <laughs> yeah. Bag or Biff. Um, so, yeah, Bag or Biff. Um, hmm. I'll go first. Yeah. Um, I really like this. I thought it was real campy, silly fun. Um, actually, Meryl's side of things didn't do it for me except for her, like, one big scene, which we have praised and lauded but in, you know if we're thinking of the, in terms of the Meryl flicks that we've seen what was our first one sorry Mamma Mia um, th- yeah this is probably low well, you ranking you forgot your own film James no yeah. I love Mamma Mia 2 I biffed Mamma Mia what the oh, fuck is right, that that's you did oh, um, boo James boo, gonna turn off his not playing by the rules um, throw him the book but in terms of of the book of Denzel, the Book of Eli, um, <laughs> Ezekiel, Ezekiel. <laughs> he plays another Ezekiel character. Um, uh, no, it is Book of Eli, but no, no but like the Ezekiel. one where he has the big afro um, that came out a couple of years ago. That's Roman Israel Esquire. Israel. Israel, yeah, I got it wrong. Um, Israel, Ezekiel, they're all Bible names. Like kind of, yeah, in the same family. Yeah, um, they were probably brothers. Um, <laughs> I think this film, so it's got Bill Irwin, it's got crazy, crazy visuals, it's got an unhinged Denzel Washington, a beautiful, soulful Liev Schreiber. It's oh yeah, Liev and his like single tears. Yeah. Tears, the tearing moment was it very good. Hasn't got great female characters, but at least one isn't just, like, a hanger-on. She turns out to be an FBI agent. I'd it's, say Meryl Streep's character, oh, even yeah, it's Meryl. not the greatest performance by her, like, it's an interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I thought it made a lot of decisions that warranted it worth as a remake. In fact, I quite like this. Obviously, I'd have to go back and rewatch Manchuria <coughs> Candidate, Sorry. but I enjoyed this just as much as the 62 version. Um, I'd have to go back and see it, though. Uh, I do think it drags a little bit at the end, uh, but that don't matter because I was given the goods. I got biting. I got, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've had my say. That's, that's yeah. it. Just yeah. the biting is the main criteria yeah. <laughs> for James. So it's, biting? Bag. Yeah. It's in, the, it's in my book. My bag. Whatever. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. Um, okay. Uh, I actually don't know how I feel about this film. Um, I think it's not as good as the 62 version, which I think is tighter, and I think what the film is is clearer. Like, it's just a thriller that's got, like, some really weird, you know, kind of spy elements, which is really cool. Um, I do, I really enjoyed a lot of this film because, yeah, it was very entertaining in a campy way. But then it got really bogged down at the end by how convoluted it is. Um, there are, like, lots of interesting twists that they've updated, so I appreciated that. Like, one twist that I didn't mention was they actually took us all the way to the election this time around, whereas in the film they just took it to the convention because... I don't know why. I mean, he could still lose the presidency. Yeah. So it's a good update of that. But I don't know. I feel like I'm not going to, like, remember this in, like, a month or so. Uh, Meryl gives... I actually enjoyed Meryl. It's just not a very uh, deep performance. Um, I don't know. I feel like biffing it. Biff. Why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? <laughs> Okay, um, so I think there are definitely a lot of flaws with this film. I definitely thought it dragged, um, and I think like the the central flaw for me, like 
was just that I didn't understand what had caused Liev Schreiber to break free from his programming at the end. I felt like that was not clear. Um, and that was kind of a thing that I was like, oh, made it like, cause I think a lot of the other changes and a lot of the other sort of thriller elements of it worked really well. And a lot of the sort of plot twist things I was really on board with, um, even though the pace was a bit baggy and a bit slower. Um, and that was just the one thing that I was like, ah, oh, damn, I wish that they had invested less time in other places and put a bit mm. more work into just that, that central thing of him turning against what he's programmed to do because then that makes the whole rest of the thing. And as well as, like, it also it wasn't clear to me why Denzel shot, like, at the end because of his whole thing is he's programmed to shoot the president when, like, mm. he stands on the star and he doesn't stand on the star so he doesn't do it. Um, and then he just shoots anyway for some reason. Mm. And yeah. I was like, that, I, that seems a little I bit... I assume con- Raymond at the end stood on the star when he had lined up his mother, but they could have set that up. Yeah, but we didn't see the shot of foot on star. And I'm like, Demi, I'm dumb. Like, you got to show me foot <laughs> <Yeah>. on star. <laughs> I'm not yeah, smart yeah, yeah, enough yeah. to read between the lines. Um, yeah, so those things were, I think, like, uh, you know, like did colour my like final walk away from this film. But mm-hmm. I would say that I enjoyed a like large percentage of this film. I thought there were a lot of pits that were really good. I enjoyed a lot of the performances. Um, you know, obviously I'm not comparing this to the original, yeah, so I'm coming good. at it from a bit of a different perspective. I think in the end I'd put this in kind of like a, a 70 percent um, bag. Nice. So I think this is a as a as a as a, as a, mi- a, a mixed bag, but like a moderate yeah, bag. That's why me. I thought you were going to go. That's yeah. why I was like, fifth it. I no, just, I think that's know, good. Yeah. That's I think a great result because I mean yeah. we started watching this like. And then, like, 20 minutes in, when it got to, like, some weird, like, uh, there's, like, a, we see, like, a woman with, like, writing on her face and, like, we started oh, yeah, getting into I the thought, dream sequence stuff. Yeah. I was very afraid that it would go to a more, like, or, like or Yeah, I was place. a little worried so about like, that. Oh, and I was glad that that was, like, we're yeah. going to use this for dream sequences only and we're not yeah. going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. A weird and then, thing with this lady. Like, but it's, like, super stylized and weird. And Cass was like, why is this mixed? This is actually good. And I was worried that it would be too good. But, in fact... This is a great result. Um, what do you think of Meryl? Meryl, uh, yeah, I didn't. I, f- I felt like she was fine in this. Yeah. I felt like it was the performance I would expect seeing Meryl Streep in this role. Yeah. Definitely, I, no, no, no complaints. Thing, I, think, I think it's a good performance. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I, I wanted something more. It's from not. It. It's not a, a like it's star fun. making memorable yeah. top five Meryl performances. You and know? It's, you know, she yeah. did not get nominated for the Oscar for this, even though she got nominated for other stuff. So. Who would have been hungrier at this point in their career? Who would have been better in this role? A lot of people. Glenn, Annette, Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm. Um, Who else? I mean, Jessica Lange, Sissy Spacek. Yeah, these are good. (laughs) (laughs) All good choices. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I think any, any number of people. Diane Keaton. I don't know if she could pull that off. She's always got to have a bit of comedy to her stuff, though. Um, have you seen Reds? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I think a, a number of people could have pulled this yeah. off. Yeah. It does feel like it's oh like, Oh, my God, share. No. no. <laughs> Would have taken it out of, <laughs> out of the film. Bring back Angela Lansbury. But oh, my God. A grandmother now I'm the now. grandmother yeah. of the venture yeah. candidate. Yeah, yeah. So where can we find everybody? You can find Mixed Bag before we get into that, sorry, at Mixed Bag Podcast on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, and on Twitter. We're on Mixed Bag Pod. You can also check out Apocalypse Songs by looking up Apocalypse Songs on wherever you get your podcasts. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, and we put a lot of work into it. And yesterday we dropped episode two. There yeah, are five I have episodes. I not listened to episode two yet. Yeah. Gotta get on it. So, the mystery yeah. continues. Get updated. It stars uh, Drew MacArthur and Janelle Pollock. Um, and Andy. there's 
and Cass and <laughs> Catherine Gavigan. Um, but uh, that's what I was meaning, the additional um, uh, stars in episode mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, well, I don't know. You, uh, if you've listened this long, <laughs> you know where to find me. Um, follow me in Letterboxd because you, then you see what films I kind of like and you can kind of guess which way I'm leaning Yeah. <laughs> or not. And you can follow me at Lula Morashi, L-U-L-A-M-O-R-A-S-H-I on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, just give a little bit of a rating to this podcast, as James said. I think he's normally the one that says it. And so I'm like, you know, maybe if you cut, you hear from me. And a review as well. Answer. Type in those words because then we get to some, some know praise. Yeah. Praise only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's show that. Let's, look, we've got, we've got this one star rating from the avatars and we yeah. have to really balance out the average. Yeah. Come on, Prince Zuko. Write in a review. You know you want to. Yeah. And you can follow me on Letterboxd as well at JamesKane92. I always give away what we're reviewing next. Not always, <laughs> but sometimes. So it often does. Yeah, if you want a little sneak peek. There All you right. go. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. And more Mill Streep next time. Yeah, so goodbye, Cassandra Tees. Sergeant Cassandra right. Sergeant Cassandra Tees, Matthew. Uh, Matthew. Dr. Paolo Loverains. Yeah. <laughs> James Edward Kane. And Peggy. Listen. You like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.